the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What is God's will and the work He calls us to? We'll find out today on Times of Refreshing. It's the $1,000 question. What is the will of God? What is His will for my life? And what work does He have in store for me? Well, we can spin circles trying to answer that one apart from God's Word. So today, we're going to God's Word, and we're going to answer those questions from His Word. John chapter 4, verses 27 through 38, specifically speaking. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Looking to understand God's will and work in your life? Well, then join us. You've come to the right place. Here's Pastor Napoleon with today's broadcast. Jesus, in this chapter, is he has an encounter with a Samaritan woman. Jesus is sitting down. And he's thirsty. They're sitting here by this well. And most of you know the story. Jesus starts to get into a dialogue with this woman. He begins to basically uh, minister to her, if you will, and give her insight into the kingdom of God, a clear picture of what worshiping God is and, and, and of, of what God is, is really about and what God is after. And he's communicating this heart to her. And as he does this, we pick up this story in verse 27, and it's really good. It says here, and at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? The Messiah, the anointed one. Then they went out of the city and came to him. And in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his what? He says, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. For they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages. And gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true. For in this the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. You know, this is powerful. You know, when we look at a context of a local church, we have to keep in mind when for a church to grow, it's going to grow 
in three ways. Number one, you're going to have individuals as, as a, a pastor, as a leader, you're going to have individuals that come to your church from other ministries. Maybe they've been at a ministry for a period of time and they're growing or, you know, God forbid something happens, um, uh, people move, uh, you know, God is just nudging them on. And we call that transfer growth. So within a local church, there's going to be times when you have people who are born again, love God, and they basically are coming from one location to the next location, or God is moving them from one fold to the next fold, and he's getting them incorporated within a local church. And that's transfer growth. And I think there's a place for that in the local church. There's a place for that in the body of Christ. Sometimes God takes people and he moves them to another place and he plants them. Now, God never takes people and then sends them out to wander. Can I have an amen? amen. He doesn't pluck people up and then he said, well, you're going to wander here. And then so all your roots can dry up. Everything about you can dry up. You can become dried up and die out. That's not how God operates. He, he'll, he'll, he may uproot you, but then he's going to what? Plant you. He's going to plant you in another work so you can continue to grow, continue to be nourished, continue to mature. And so what happens for us, we have to be very, very cautious because God, he loves, he, he will do this periodically. He will transfer and move. Now, I'm not saying that you will always have to, but there are periods of time when God, he does that in certain individuals' life. Okay, it's time for you to move. And, and that's okay. That's what we call transfer growth. The next growth for a local church is what I would call backsliders coming back to Christ. These are individuals that walk with the Lord. They love God, but for whatever reason, they backslid they went back into the world. They got caught in the things. And the next thing you know, they're gone for the church for long periods of time. And then all of a sudden, God is, continues to pull on them. People begin to minister to them. People go after them. And the next thing you know, they find themselves coming back home like the prodigal son. Amen. They start coming back home. They make their journey and they come back home and they get planted back within a local church. And God begins to groom them, process them and begin to raise them up again. And we've had many people in this church that have been in a situation like that. And we thank God. That's a part of growth. This is what we want. We want to see God bring backsliders home. I don't like the devil ripping people off and, and taking them out in the street and beating them up. Can I have an amen in here? And just destroying their lives. And then they, no, we want people to come home that have walked with God, but man, I messed up. I blew it. I, I got tricked. I got deceived. I went back into the world. My own lust got the best of me. And I just gave in to temptation, but I want to come home. I want you to know that this is a church where you can come home. Well, you can get plugged in again, huh? And that, and that God wants to wrap his arms around you and love on you and get you right. Now, now we all know we got to repent and we got to make it right with God. But I think the heart is you have to see that the church is going to grow from transfer growth, which is fine. And there is a place for it. There's going to be backsliders coming home. And that is, there's a place for that. And we want that. But I think the the primary way in which a church should grow is by way of new converts. People who do not know God, people that are coming off the street, people that it's all new to them. And it's, it's a new environment. It's a new world. It doesn't mean that they haven't heard about Christ and haven't heard about the gospel. Maybe had, they, they've had their varying rule, I mean, uh, uh, views on it. 
But at the heart of it, these people, they, they've never experienced God, had a relationship with God, and never had cut covenant with God. And it's our job to make sure that we go in and we're doing our job to, to touch those people, to reach those people, and to do the best that we can to be lights in the midst of darkness in whatever sphere of influence God has given you. We want to we reach the unreachable. We want to touch the untouchable. We want to get to the people that the devil says you can't have them. And we say, yes, we can. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. And it's our heart to go forth and to penetrate so that we're reaching people that do not know God. And are and not just individuals that are backsliders, but people who do not know God. One of the shames in this area, and I want to say this, and I've been dealing, I've been pastoring here, it'll be 11 years. It has been a shame because one of the things that I've seen over the years, and I've kept my mouth kind of quiet, maybe talked to our leadership team about it, most of the churches in this valley are not growing because of new converts. Most of the churches in this valley are growing because somebody got mad at this church, somebody got mad at that church, I don't like this church. I'm not getting fed at this church. I'm da 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 And they're going from this church to that church to this church to that church. And it just becomes a vicious cycle. And we have hundreds of thousands of people that do not know God all around us. And people are getting excited. Our church is growing. But is it really growing? Are we really maturing? Are we, are we equipping the saints to do the work of ministry? Are we helping people to get outside of themselves so that they become mission-minded and not mission? When I say mission, I was talking to the church the other day about this. When I say mission, I'm not talking about going to some foreign country. We got all the nations all around us in our community. Can I have an amen? And we've got to learn to reach these people. We've got to get out of ourselves. We've got to break some of our, our cultural bondage and learn that, man, God has given me God, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And it's my job to go out and reach. Jesus is in this situation. It wasn't his custom. And it wasn't the custom of the day for him to be sitting here talking with this Samaritan woman. It was an issue in the minds of his disciples. And we see this clearly in scripture. But Jesus was willing to step to a place where he could reach those that maybe in the culture, people said that were unreachable. And from a biblical standpoint, he was not violating anything or, or going over a line that God had not established. God clearly, it was part of his mandate and his mission to reach people who had not been reached. And Jesus comes on the scene and he does this. And so as we look here, I think we have to get the right perspective and mindset. He has a pe- bunch of people following some are religious people, some aren't, but he, he's willing to go beyond what, what people are saying in their minds concerning, you know, what he should be doing, and he's reaching into this situation. And I think it's, it's so important that, that we, I want to just say this, saints, we've, we've, we've got to get to a place, we've got to get God's heart for people and stop worrying about opinion. And, I, and this is important. I'm not saying that we cross lines from a morality standpoint. 
But I'm telling you right now, there are people around us that are just waiting. And we're going to see this in this passage of Scripture. They're, they're, they're already there. And sometimes it's the people that you think are the hardest ones to reach. I guarantee you, if you scratch the surface, sometimes their rebellion, them cussing you out on the job, is them really crying out for help. And it's our job to get outside of ourselves. Jesus steps over this line and he begins to minister to this woman and and we see the result of it. But let's pick this up here in verse 27. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did, could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Now I want to stop right there. Jesus, he overrides this cultural bondage that is around him and he steps forth and he's about his father's will and he's about his father's work. And I think it's the same thing for us. You know, the culture right now, is trying to teach us as Christians to stay within your little box and you keep Jesus in your car and you don't bring him around here and you don't talk about this and you don't talk about this. I was just, I was just sharing with the leadership team this morning that they had uh, uh, one of the, the Olympians. One of the Olympians is a, is a guy who loves his wife is faithful to his, his wife and his kids, one day believes that he's going to be a pastor or desires to be a pastor, and NBC called this an alternative lifestyle. Elder Marvin, did we see the article? Right there. So if you love your wife, if you love your kids, and you believe in God and desire one day to be a pastor, that's an alternative life. The devil is a lie. Can I have an amen in this place? The devil's a lie. But see, what happens is, and I want to say this, the enemy is trying to call good evil and evil good. But it's our job to make sure, just like Jesus did in this particular situation, we see he was willing to go the extra mile. And it's our job, to, we have to do the same thing. There are people that the devil, like I said earlier, believes are untouchable. You can't reach them. They're not, stay away from them. But I want to just tell you this. I don't care if you're a homosexual. I don't care if you're a drug addict. I don't care if you're a pimp. You're a prostitute. I don't care if you're a glutton. I don't care what it is. Everybody needs Jesus Christ. Everybody needs, everybody needs Jesus Christ. You may be the richest person, you need Jesus. You may be the brokenest person, you need Jesus. You may be black, you need Jesus. You need, you may be white, you need Jesus. You may be Chinese, you need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Everyone. And for, for us, we have to be willing. People are, they're asking him questions. They desire to ask him questions. What do you seek? And what, this going in their mind, what is he doing? And, and why is he, and it's the same thing. Why is he sharing his faith around here on his job? You know, don't you understand it? And don't you, man, he just, he doesn't get it. He's got to open up his mind. And, and that, these guys are closed-minded. And, and it's amazing how the people that are, are the, clo- whose minds are, the, are closed more than anyone else, they're the ones telling you you're closed-minded. 
What is he doing? There's no need for all that. Oh my goodness. Why, why are they saying that? There's other paths. There's other ways. And why, th- these people are so narrow-minded and not realizing that they're being narrow-minded. They're closing God. People are closing God. The, the devil wants to close God out of the society. But I want to tell you this. God is strategically, strategically placing you, myself, people all around the world in influential positions, people that love God, that are faithful to God, that are going to be consistent before God, loves their wives. And God is going to continue to position us. But what will we do when we find position? Will we cave into the pressures of the culture? Will we shut our mouths? Will we stop? Will we put more faith and confidence in men's ability to promote us than God's ability to promote us? That if God opens a door, no man can shut it. If God opens a door, no man can shut it. That, that we know it's God that gives us the ability to advance in life. But we have to take what God's given us and learn to step outside of our comfort zone and reach people. Reach people. The ones that, 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 like I said, the devil thinks are untouchable. And I'm talking about that one that may give you the hardest time in your family. Keep on talking to him. I hate Brother Jimmy. He always come over. See, I can't even go over for Christmas no more. Brother Jimmy don't want me to come over. He always giving me a hard time. I'm not going this year. The devil's like, I'm going. And I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to sit there and shine my light. I'm going to smile. I'm going to stay in the spirit. I'm going to tell Uncle Jimmy, I don't care what you say, you're going to get saved. God's after you. Don't even try. You know Jesus trying to get you, brother. Come on now. Give me some of that. Give me some of that chicken. You know? Cut that turkey, brother, and we're going to talk some more. You know, say we got to get to a point that we don't run from the battle. We run to the battle. Can I have an amen? We don't run from it. Jesus didn't run in this situation. Regardless of what people were saying and the questions, he was there in the moment, and he took advantage of this moment to go reach someone who was going to reach someone. But what we do is we'll shrink back from those moments of adversity and tough times and and then the devil just sits back and he'll laugh at us. Why? Because we we won't just exert a little bit more energy to let a person know that it doesn't matter. God still loves you and God's still after your life. This is the perspective that we've got to have in reaching those people that the enemy says will not be reached. We have to go outside of ourselves. Amen. Look what it says here in verse 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Now, this is the key. He says, but he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? I want to stop right there. One of the major reasons why we have this conflict and sometimes we have this, prob- this problem even when it comes to evangelism, sharing our faith, and, and really advancing the kingdom in this third way, way, which is new converts, is this, saints. We're not seeing from a heavenly perspective. We're viewing, we're viewing, viewing things in the natural just by what we see in the natural. But when you look at this situation here, Jesus, he's communicating to them, I see something in the natural, but I'm also viewing something from the spiritual. We have to learn that 
God doesn't always see things the way we see things. We have to embrace the fact that just because we think someone's bad and they'll never turn their life doesn't mean that God feels that way. We have to learn to see things twofold instead of just looking at things at face value and just from an earthly perspective. Now, we don't want to, now we balance everything we're seeing through the scripture, but it has to be, and it's confirmed through the scriptures. But we have to get our eyes off just what we see in the natural. How many people in this room, just think about this question, would have chose Paul to be an apostle and travel all over the world and change the world and write 13, some say 14 books in this Bible? Most of us would have said, get him out of the church. He's he going to try to kill everybody. <laughs> and that's what they did when they brought him. When he brought them, they said, oh, he tried to kill everybody. We, you know, but that's not how God sees. God sees something different. God sees something different. And I think it's the same thing of us. Some of us would have never chose Moses. Moses killed somebody. Ran off into another region. But God had a plan. Some of us would have never chose somebody like David. That little kid, what is he going to do? We would have acted just like his brothers. Just like the king. But God sees him different. Can I have an amen? Let me, let me, truth be told, some of us would have never chose us. Look at your neighbor and say, you better ask somebody. You know you. Some of us know we wouldn't have chose us. That's why we're in here shouting a minute ago. <laughs> Can I have an amen? That's why we're in here dancing. If they only knew. <laughs> Praise him. But God's not seeing things. And when it comes to ministry in life, now watch this. When it comes to ministry in life, saints, Jesus says in verse 332, I have food to eat of which you do not know. He says, my meat or my food in verse 34 is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He says, this is how I'm getting sustained. This is what's keeping me going. This is what's nourishing me. This is what's getting me up in the morning. This is what's causing me to sleep well at night. This is what's, this is, this is what's driving me and moving me and compelling me. This is, he says, my meat is to, is to do the will of him who sent me. This is what I'm feasting on. Is being obedient and fulfilling the will of God in my life. And I think this is one of the reasons, whew, this is one of the reasons why sometimes local churches are so anemic and why we're starving and why, it's, it's, it, and why we're not flourishing and, and why churches aren't healthy and why in this region we have this person just hopping, 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 hopping. While we have a lot of this mess going on. A lot of it is because people, and they're blaming the preachers. And they're blaming the teachers. I, I got to get fed. Well, well, listen, do you, number one, feed yourself the word. Number two, start doing God's will and you'll get real nourished in your life. We have a tendency as human beings to point the finger. Instead of looking at ourselves, and Jesus, I love this, Jesus was strong, vibrant, 
full, complete. He's always moving. He's, he's about his father's business. And what does he say? The reason why he's able to, because I'm, I'm feasting on something. I got foods you don't even know about. He's not just looking from an earthly perspective. He's not looking there. He's looking here. I'm nourished on, my fa- on doing my father's will. I'm being sustained by doing my father's will. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well. But at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory, And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.